Welcome to Musings with Rob. Today, my special guest is Precious of My K-Pop Life. Precious, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, tell me a little bit, because I really don't know anything about My K-Pop Life. Uh, why did you start My K-Pop Life, and, and what is it, basically? My K-Pop Life is a a mixture of things, but the core of it is essentially our message is to have a safe space that's made by the fans for the fans. Um, K-pop, you know, the big wave kind of hit the States. I mean, it's been here for a while, but it kind of hit the States recently over the past three to four years by way of BTS and Blackpink and a couple of other groups that have come over. We've seen them on Ellen, on Jimmy Kimmel, on all of the shows and taking over by storm and a lot of new fans have come into the k-pop world um just because of that but there have been a lot of fans that have existed for quite some time k-pop's been around since the late 80s early 90s and there's a lot of people that have known about it i got into it in uh 2016 so i was a little bit late and i'm a little bit older than the typical k-pop fan so when i started to venture out into um events like k-con up in new jersey i saw all different people that looked from all different ages. I remember specifically seeing a woman who looked to be closer to like my grandmother's age. And she's walking down the street with a super junior shirt, which is a group. And she had the little headband and she was just so happy to be there. And I just thought, I said, wow, I just looked around. And I said, we're all here. We all look different. We're all from different places, all different ages, but we're celebrating this genre of music that we all love. And looking at us from the outside, people wouldn't necessarily think that we would listen to this type of music. And that's what makes it special. So I said, why not highlight the fact that we exist? It's not just a fad. It's not just something popular for the moment. This is essentially a lifestyle. So that's where my K-pop life came from. Okay. So what has your most eye-opening experience been so far? I mean, what have you seen that has really just jumped out at you? Honestly, it was a reflection of myself. Um, I never was one to fangirl, quote unquote, for any celebrities or any artists. I liked them, but I wasn't really like, oh my gosh, I have to have this person on my wall. But when I went to the concert, And I realized that I was looking at these artists that I had admired from all the way across the world and I'm seeing them in person. I just lost it and I was screaming and I was just so happy. And I've never felt that in that type of area before. And I discovered essentially a different part of myself. And I didn't necessarily feel any type of judgment or any type of shame in the moment because I felt safe where I was. So that essentially let me know that this is more than just, hey, I like how this sounds, or hey, I like to dance to this. Like, no, this is actually a part of me, and it probably will be for quite some time. (laughs) Okay. Now, you mentioned using the word, you you, you used the word safe. You felt safe. What was it about the experience that, that generated that whole feeling for you, that environment? Seeing people that looked like me, Mm -hmm. being african-american being a black girl and liking something like k-pop even liking pop music i remember growing up um being around other teenagers that look like myself and i would listen to the instinct or the backstreet boys and it was popular but some of them would just look at me funny and say you know why are you listening to that type of music and you feel a sense of a sense of guilt and shame almost like you're not culturally relevant 
within your own culture if you're listening to something else that doesn't reflect the culture that you're a part of. And so diving into something as deep as K-pop, which not only is it just is pop music, but it's also in another language, it's a completely different culture, but it also has nuances of our culture mixed in as well. People can look at you funny and say, well, why are you listening to that? But being in the middle of Newark, New Jersey, surrounded by people that look like me in, a, in the Prudential Center parking lot, watching Super Junior on stage and screaming and we're all happy together, something about that just felt like, I felt like I was in a safety net, like I was at, at home almost. Have you experienced any negative pushback regarding your choice? to to embrace k-pop yes i um i have and it's mostly because of uh cultural appropriation a lot of people especially black people that have been introduced to k-pop recently have noticed the styles have noticed the uh inflections in people's voices that's the type of music that comes across there's a lot of hip-hop and r&b influences within k-pop as well as some other genres as well but specifically k-pop um has hip-hop and R&B and some people are like how can you you know be proud of your culture when you and be a part of their culture when they're stealing from ours and that caused me to kind of research and do a lot more uh, digging and when I did that I found that there's a lot of appreciation of course there's appropriation that comes with a lot of different things but there is a lot of appreciation that comes across in K-pop that we as just the general public may not know unless we look into it. There are a lot of artists of color who may have not had their time to shine here, or maybe their time to shine has been considered over, that have been able to go over to Korea and create a second career for themselves and have number one hits and be able to continue to have their music heard by the world just in a different way. And... While that is great, I mean, there's still areas where they could be more knowledgeable about um, the styles of the hair and the clothing and whatnot. But I think if we open up that discussion of appropriation versus appreciation, I think that could kind of counteract all of the negative feelings that are coming from seeing people of color enjoying K-pop. And speak a little bit for me about appropriation. I know I've heard that word mentioned regarding K-pop. What, what, what is the difference between appropriation versus appreciation? What, what is it? So appropriation is essentially um, just, just quote-unquote swagger jacking. <laughs> um, that's another term that's used, but essentially taking parts of a culture to fit a theme or to fit an aesthetic or to fit something that will benefit you monetarily or just any type of cred. So what will happen in K-pop is they'll um, have, for example, this group called EXO, they had a comeback song and a comeback is when essentially they've taken a break and they come back with a new song or a new album. And they came up with a song called Coco Bop. Now Coco Bop, actually people were talking about the game, the hand game, but it's actually a song from the fifties from a black doo-wop pop group that actually came up with that term. But that's not necessarily what people were upset about. They were upset about one of the main dancers, actually in fact, the main dancer having some sort of lock twist in his hair for this specific comeback because it has some reggae undertones within the music. Now the song, a lot of people don't know, the song was actually written by a black composer, but it doesn't matter when you're looking at the people performing and they're not of that culture. So 
they didn't necessarily need to have him have that hairstyle to fit the genre or to fit the feel of the music. But for whatever reason, they felt that in order to do this, they call it quote unquote reggae hair, any type of braids, any type of locks, any type of twist. The term in Korea is reggae hair. Now, to us, we see that as a problem. To them, it's a homogenous society over in Korea. 90% of the people there all look like each other, and they're used to that. So there's a lack of education as far as what is appropriate to not imitate but replicate and what's not. Um, so a lot of times they have with the rapping over there, obviously rap is something that was synonymous or that is synonymous with black culture as far as how it was created. But when you have Koreans who know how to rap or who like to rap, you'll have the ones that look like themselves when they're rapping, but then you'll have the others who have the gold grills in their mouth, who have the locks, who have the braids, who have feel like they have to move a certain way or even tan their skin to feel more credible when doing this music. So that's where a lot of the appropriation talk kind of comes from. Mm -hmm. um, the appreciation talk comes from, uh, like when I was at KCON, for instance, one of the group members for Exit, who is a girl group, she said one of her favorite artists is India Ari. And I know for a fact here in the States, India Ari has not necessarily gotten the accolades that she should have gotten. But the fact that this girl all the way across the world learned how to sing and loves to sing because she listens to India Ari, I feel like that's a major compliment and a major form of appreciation. But I feel like more of those stories kind of need to be told and need to come out. But what we see is essentially more appropriation. What do you see in the future as far as my K-pop life is concerned? So we're actually gearing up. Um, I won't say the exact date, but <laughs> we're gearing up to drop a docu-vlog series. And that's our term for documentary slash vlog series in which we're actually highlighting the fans and having them film themselves because, you know, we can't do things like we normally would, but we're having them film themselves and send it to us. And we're telling their stories of what it means to be a K-pop fan. Um, it's more than just listening to the music for us. It's a way of life, as I said before. And a lot of these people highlight um, stories of discovering themselves. We had a woman who said that she was not necessarily ashamed of her Asian identity, but she didn't associate with her Asian identity until she found K-pop. And she found who she was as an Asian woman. And we thought that was a powerful story to tell. Um, we also have another fan who talks about being a Black K-pop fan and loving K-pop, but then also hearing you know, the silence in the midst of the Black Lives Matter movement and how that was troubling, yeah. where you know, we see you taking our culture, but then you're not speaking up for the injustices for the people of the culture that you're taking from. So we have a lot of different stories that we're highlighting. Um, and in the future, I just see us kind of being the voice for the fans just to show that we're, it's not a cliche. We're not a whole bunch of crazy teenagers that are just drooling over some boy bands or girl bands. Like we're actual people and we have depth to us. Yeah. Is there anything else you uh, would like to uh, share with our audience before you, uh, before you go? Um, I would say if you've if never taken a listen to anything K-pop related uh, or just just, I would say this, K-pop is a generalized term. Over there, K-pop is basically popular music. Here, pop is a specific genre. You know you're going to hear your Britney Spears, your Justin Timberlake's, all of that. But over there, K-pop is a general genre. You can find R&B, hip-hop, country, rock, folk, anything. I encourage you, if you're looking for something different, to give it a try. 
Precious, thank you for joining us. You have been listening to Musings with Rob. Please join us again next time.